Welcome to the Safina Society, nothing but facts, live stream everybody on Tuesday in which our schedule is a little bit off because all of our books are at the studio and we are here at MBIC. And the first thing I want to mention is a question that came up recently on, um, on social media regarding the permissibility of alimony for a Muslim woman who has divorced her husband. Is she permitted to use the uh, secular courts to collect alimony? Uh, the answer to that is that she would not be permitted to, to do that. And the question now comes, well, how will she be taken care of? So uh, the question of how should a divorced woman be taken care of is it is a concern for the entire community as the welfare of every Muslim is. Uh, however, there, it is not the husband, the ex-husband, that's for sure. The ex-husband is there for her, her maintenance during the Idda period. That's a three-month period of time in most cases. It could be a nine-month period of time if she's pregnant. Uh, the idda of the pregnant woman is until, she's pre uh, until she gives birth. There uh, is an idda of, um, yeah, it's three months or pregnancy. So in that three-month period is when her, the rest of her maintenance is, is, I guess, planned for. So in the sharia, the order of who is to maintain a Muslim woman after her husband is it goes back to her father. If not her father, then the next male relative in the family. If not that, then the state. But it would not be an obligation on any strange man. All right? Strange man is a man who is neither her husband nor her blood relative. Like, What do these guys have to do with anything with her? Unless it's willful, all right, uh, their own willful zakah, at their own will as much as they want, like whatever they want out of sadaqah and zakah. Okay. So the question of, well, what about the ex-husband? What about this ex-husband? She gave her life to this man, right? She uh, spent time. She paused her career to have kids, so on and so forth. All right. All these things. That's all fine and true. But if she, once they're divorced, well, also the man did spend time too. So for all that she sacrificed and gave, it was her right to maintenance, access to the man intimately, and access to his wealth during the marriage. After the marriage, you have nothing to do with him except three months. He maintains you for three months during the idda in which you now plan for the future. So there would be no straight cut, okay? It's the Idda period. But the Sharia will simply, you have to give some legal reason. How is it that it's his responsibility to maintain a woman that is not his wife nor his blood relative? Uh, so the argument that, yeah, but she's, she, she, spent a lot in the marriage. Well, so did the man. And she got a lot in the marriage too. She got free maintenance the entire time. She got access to his money, bin ma'roof, meaning she can use his money. Uh, uh, she can use his money in normal, regular ways, like going to the supermarket, buying herself some clothes, taking care of the house, buying things for the house, like in bin ma'roof, in well-known, regular ways that all other women do. 
and she also has access to intimacy with him too. It's not just he's accessing her intimately. No, they both have mutual access. That's what she's getting during the marriage. Once she's out of that marriage, she gets nothing, right? Like, why would she? Okay. Does he get anything from her? So that's the, that's the answer to that question. It really should go to the family of this woman. And if not, then the state, the, 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 the um, governor, the wali, or the sultan, or the king, or the khalifa, whatever the government is, that's the one who takes care of her. Okay, that's the answer to that question. So I hope that's clear. Now what about the, the dowry? The dowry, as defined by Sharia, is given is an agreed upon amount of money given from the man to the woman. Okay, and it is classified as a gift. In this case, it's a gift with the condition that she agrees upon it. She's satisfied with it. Whereas there could be a type of it's a unique type of gift in that respect. I give anybody a gift. I don't ask them if it's something that they. Uh, in advance agree upon it okay but the mahar or the sadaq is a unique type of gift in which she needs to be informed about it and approve of it and agree with it so if he says five thousand dollars she says no uh how much 15 he says i i love you to death but i don't have 15k okay some people they don't have a lot of money what can you do and so she says okay fine then 10 then she accepts it. Okay, that ten thousand is her money now. Nobody has the right to it. Nobody has the right to take that ten thousand dollar dowry. Her dad said, "Okay, give me the money." No, it's her money. Now, she marries the guy, and she gets bored of him, and she cannot fulfill the duties to the guy. She says, "All right, I want I want to get out of this marriage." He says, I hadn't done anything wrong. Did I skip Salah? Did I get drunk? Did I hit you? Did I ignore you? Did I not maintain you? Did I not give you food? Did I not give you clothes? Did I make your life miserable? No, no, you're a a decent guy, but uh, I'm not feeling it anymore. Okay? And I can't fulfill my obligations to you because my heart's not in it. He says, okay, fine. We get divorced. You're not just going to walk out like that because I didn't do anything wrong. Khula is now in in place. Khula means uh, I need to get something for this. I'm hurt. So this is imagination that like only women get hurt. No, men can get hurt too. I'm hurt by this. Okay. So you need to appease my pain a little bit. How? Well, give me my my the dowry back. Give me the sadaqa. You came in. You were happy to take the money coming in, right? So you want to get out? Give the money back. Or any agreed amount. You say, hey, I mean, I don't have the 10000 anymore. I spent it. All right, what do you have? I got 5000 All right, give me the 5000 Whatever they agree on. It's agreed upon in the beginning. It's agreed upon in the end. Okay? Or she says, look, I came into this marriage at $25,000 sadaq. But I spent 10 years with you, and we had a good 10 years. All right? So I'm only giving back 10000 Fine. He agrees to that. Whatever he agrees upon. Okay? And she takes that, and he, and she pays him back that money, to 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 compensate the the pain of hey, I I did my half of the bargain as a husband, and she wants to leave. All right, it's a compensation for that. 
So that's what a khula is. Now, if there is a reason for the divorce, and this is where we need to do some more work. If there's a valid reason for the talaq, okay, a valid reason such that, for example, um, the guy ignores her, he doesn't give her time, he doesn't have intimate relations with her, she doesn't, um, he doesn't, something is wrong in the relationship. She should go to the qadi or the local imam, and that local imam has the right by sharia to separate between the two. He brings him. Did you, is it true that you uh, were not intimate with her? Is it true that you ignore her? Is it true that you make her life miserable, you hit her, you cursed her? And he says, yeah, unfortunately, that's yeah, true. Okay, khalas. That's harm. That's harm. Tafriq. And she doesn't give back the dowry. Okay? He, he, may, he forces the divorce and she keeps the money, the dowry, the sadaq. Now, here's where, in real life now, all this is nice theory, right? Let's talk about real life. In real life, that's very hard to happen. And that's where we actually have to make it strides. And we really need to buy, uh, we, we need to, per, to, to, to establish Sharia Board NJ. Because Sharia Board N, NY, the Sharia Board of New York, they're a bunch of, uh, uh, they're, they're, I don't want to say a bunch, they're some very nice imams. I've met the leader of them. Very good, solid imams. Excellent work they're doing, day in and day out. They do so much for the community. They provide Sunday school curriculums. They provide a network of hifd and Sunday school teachers, or masjid, madrasa. What do they call it? Um, in, in the subcontinent, they call it, what do they call it when they, it's after school classes, basically. Um, I can't remember what they call it, but, but, after school classes, like you go straight from school, you go to these classes in the master. They provide the teachers, the curriculum, the books. They go around the restaurants and check if the food is halal by Hanafi standards. You got to keep in mind, which is the highest level standard, which means there may be restaurants that they do not approve of that are still halal by Madiki or Shafi standards. Just to keep that in mind. They're open and honest about it. It makes sense to do it like that, honestly. By the Hanafi standard. That's exactly what their, their logic was. Their logic was that, um, and I suggested to them, you, you also cannot harm these restaurants because they pull the, 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 the certification. There should be a Hanafi stamp, Hanafi stamp. Exactly. You, you need uh, two tiers. The first tier is the Hanafi tier. The second, the last tier will be like the Shafi and Madiki and Shafi tier. All the Arabs, right? <laughs> and you don't even need tearing for Salafis. Eat al kitab food, McDonald's, Bismillah, eat bum, right? According to that fatwa that they have. But point being is that they do so much work. One of the things that the, the Sharia Board of New York does, and this is they actually use Madiki Fit for this, is they facilitate the divorces for the abused women. I'm telling you, we have to do this. I've seen many cases where I have to tell a sister, I have no power to do this especially converts who have no wali to give the man a hard time. Like they might have a wali, but he's one man and the guy's family is like 10 guys, right? If you had a big family, that big family has weight. It, we can make your life miserable, miserable enough that you behave, right? So what they do is they use the Maliki ruling that the uh, imam is a qadi in the absence of a qadi. And they, to make it safe, they require three imams to sign off 
that they had a hearing, that they warned the man for six months, and they gave him a chance for six months. And at the end of the six months, if the problem is still there, they sign off and they effect a shara'i divorce. And then she goes and files divorce. Okay? She goes and files divorce. And she treats the man like a divorced man, whether he likes it or not. I'm telling you, we need Sharia board NJ. We need to do this here in New Jersey. Okay? We're going to start it up in the Dahi Ta'ala. And it'll, it'll, we're going to learn from them. But we're going to do it in the in the two ways uh, we're going to do it in two ways we're going to we're going to put two tiers of halal certification so that otherwise all of patterson will not get certified right? <laughs> all the arabs of patterson will be like not halal restaurants so uh so that's the concept and i want to take a second right now to take any questions on the issue of alimony because when i looked at the 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 issues um the comments on why the sisters are supportive of alimony. Uh, number one, they did not always recognize the, they didn't believe in hadith or they felt that fiqh was done by men to discriminate against women and to harm women. So for that, in terms of hadith, I have to say that if you don't accept that as a source, it's another religion. You're a sect that I can't talk to. We cannot talk to. It's a different sect. This kafir for us. To be honest with you, it is. Because you don't accept hadith. Like, how do you pray? So you don't pray. If So you're negating ma'lum and ad-deen badarura. Right? How do you pay zakah? Hadith is like the most Yeah. The actual, yeah. The actual following of hadith and the existence of hadith is itself ma'lum and ad-deen badarura. We got to follow the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So forget the discussion at that point. It's, it's dead on arrival. Any point on the furu'ah, the branches, when we don't agree on the roots, that discussion is dead on arrival. Now, let's go to the next discussion of the fuqaha. Are, they, they were men who were uh, out, they were against women and for men. Well, on, in that respect, you're not insulting the fuqaha. You're insulting a millennium and a half of Muslim women. Like you're assuming all for a millennium and a half across five continents, Muslim women were extremely dumb, illiterate and able to be duped. But you are the smart one. okay, who has uncovered this massive, you know, abuse. And on top of that, it's an accusation that you need to bring us evidence, because when I look at the word, the, 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 the works of Fuqaha, I see evidence. Right for and against people based upon not their gender or being Arab or non-Arab, but by the evidence of the Quran and the Sunnah. So uh, I don't see any conspiracy and I can't, it's not fathomable to, to, to imagine that scholars from across five continents for a millennium and a half put together a conspiracy or that were just innately against women or had no compassion for daughters, mothers, wives. So it's imagine that there's two groups in life. And this is something that I just don't even accept it. Like I don't, I don't exa- accept the concept of uh, there's a, there are males and females. That's not how it works because every male is intimately connected to a, bun- a number of females. And every female is intimately connected to many men, Right. 
I just don't buy it. I don't accept it that that's how people think in life. All right, so uh, I can't really uh, continue, uh, I can't con continue that discussion if that's your premise because it's extremely difficult. It's actually impossible to prove. So that's my belief, okay? Uh, so let's see if there are any questions regarding uh, the subject matter of uh, alimony before we get to the end of time. Muhammad Mudassir stunning with electricity uh, is not allowed. This is about the Sharia board. Okay. But we're going to stick to alimony for now. What about cultural practices? All right. So the, there is a cultural practice that the, the father of the bride helps put together the house of his wife. This is called al-jihaz, okay, the preparation, okay. Jahaza yujahizu is from the Arabic root of to prepare something. And that money is for the bride. But I guess at some point, the husband took possession of that to make the purchases. And over time, it became a practice of the father of the bride giving the husband a bunch of money, essentially. And he uses it however he wants. So the wife got lost in the middle. Uh, that that um, payment is considered to be an innovation if people hold it to be a part of the, the marriage. Anyone could give anyone a gift, right? But if it's someone considered that if something is so habitual that as Khalil says, in Mukhtasar Khalil, it says, You fear that people will think this is an obligation. I want you, if you're listening here, to, to be sharp and to learn something new about fiqh. This three words, This is something we cut something off. We cut off a practice as a bid'ah that should be ended the moment it's spread amongst the people that this is a sunnah or an obligation. We cut it off. Khifat i'tiqad al-wujub. All right. The fear that people will think that this is a sunnah or an obligation. And I'm telling you, this jihaz or whichever, huh? Jahiz in Urdu, I guess, is become jahiz in Arabic, it would be the jihaz, right? The preparation. Uh, Al-jahiz, or how, however you want to call it. That people imagine that that is now a dowry and that is part of the wedding contract. That, in according to the Maliki understanding of fiqh, of life, that's an innovation now because everyone thinks it's an obligation. You have to cut it off. Okay. So, in, uh, uh, Imam Malik is extremely concerned with any practice, even if it's good, even if it is sunnah, that people do not imagine that it is a fard. Because the Prophet was like this. What's that? The Prophet was like this with the Hajj, right? Exactly. Yeah. The Prophet stopped doing Qiyam Ramadan so that the Sahaba, Tarawih, so that the Sahaba do not imagine it's fard. Okay? So the Prophet ﷺ is the one who established this line. And Umar ibn Khattab said, what destroyed the Christians? 
the early Christians, what destroyed them? The blurred line between obligations and recommendations. So they went to extremes in worship. And zuhud, things that was like zuhud, all right, which was just to be from your own will, they started now imagining this is fard. So Sayyidina Omar said, always separate between fard and sunnah. And furthermore, this is one of the reasons people step aside to pray sunnah. Solely, solely so that to separate and to make everyone known that this is, it's different now. So that imagine if we prayed fard, like three rows people prayed fard. Then they salamed out. We all salamed out. We sat for tasbih for five minutes. Then all got up to pray sunnah. A person may come into this thinking that's part of the prayer. So that's why right after the fard, there should be some movement. So that everyone praying their sunnah is clearly, it does not look like the fard. Everyone's jagged and, and out of place. So the fard were lined up and the sunnah were all out of place. Okay, So that's one of the reasons. And this uh, jahiz or jihaz or whatever, uh, however it's pronounced in Urdu, okay, uh, uh, if it's imagined to be part of marriage contracts, then it's, an, it's a, on, on that aspect of it becomes a reprehensible innovation. All right, so Omar Abbas is saying, all Daisy women stop buying jahiz. All right, here. Because when the fiqh becomes known, a man is advocating against his own interest here. Right? If it was something that men are advocating, male scholars are advocating for their own interest, wouldn't we want the jahiz? I want a jahiz. I don't want to pay a dowry. Every time I marry, I get a woman and I get money. What, what a great deal. Right? So that's the idea. Um, TVs, couches. Well, what the, what the heck's the point of marriage then? The whole point of marriage is that the, like, the financial aspect of marriage, there's a lot of parts of marriage, but the financial aspects of marriage is that the father unloads the financial burden onto the man. That's why in the, in the contractual element of marriage, of course there's a lot of warm and fuzzy and love aspects of marriage. That's the truth of marriage. But the structure around marriage is the man, the father of the bride, obligating the man, I have married my daughter to you. He puts it in the past tense. The, the, the sirah, the verbiage, the, the language of marriage contracts is in the past tense. Remember that. Okay? So if someone would say, I will marry my daughter to you, that's engagement. That's not marriage. You are not married. I, I, I will, I plan... Right? We will marry. That is not a marriage. That's engagement. Puts it in the past tense. I have married my daughter unto you. Okay? And he says, I have accepted. Why? Because he has now accepted the burden in the sight of Allah of her maintenance and her protection. Okay? So that's the contractual element. Marriage has a love element and it has a contractual element. And when we're talking law, there are answers to everything. There are numbers to everything, okay? So he's transmitted the obligation. So what is the point to transmit the obligation and then continue fulfilling the obligation? If a guy comes to me and he's a great guy and he asks me for a jahiz, I'm going to say, go jahiz yourself and find another woman, right? I'm, I'm unloading this financial burden upon you, right? From me to you, okay? What is the point? People should understand fiqh to understand that this relationship here 
is far, it will be, inshallah, far more than a bunch of numbers. Okay? It will be personal attachment. It will be love. It will be memories. But in the outset, in the structure of it, there is an actual, okay, uh, there is an actual contract here. I have expectations. Son-in-law, I have expectations. If you are not able to protect my daughter and strangers in the road are beating her up, I will get involved. You can't, you're not doing your job. If she still loves you and is attached to you, you're lucky. Right? But you're not doing your job. If she comes visiting me skinny, right? You can't afford food. I'm going to get involved. This, that's where I know when to get involved because that's the whole purpose of marriage. If she doesn't have a roof and it's leaking, roof is leaking, right? I got to get involved. You're not doing your job as a husband. So that's the concept and understanding of this. Um, all right, we're going to right now... Uh, I need, I'm going to take a, a breather for a second. Hey, listen, you don't have to come on the camera if you don't want to, but uh, Ryan will start reading from the Destructive Trials. I'll be right back. Okay, maybe we'll do a commercial break, actually. Osman, you're not going to get what you want. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see what we could put. La, la, la.
trying to figure out how to put a video up, but I couldn't figure it out. What happened? I was trying to figure out how to put a video up, but I couldn't figure it out. No, it's okay. So we just took a break. Did we do anything? Or? All right, here we go. Um, question on the registries in marriage. I guess it's permitted to have a registry. It may not be considered the highest level of akhlaq, to be honest with you, to have a registry. Huh? No, the registry is a gift. It's like a, you, 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 uh, you pick the stuff that you want from like Bed Bath & Beyond, and then the people, instead of buying you gifts that are random, they, they buy the gifts from that registry, right? And why is that? That's really not the adab or the akhlaq, to be honest with you. You don't invite people to a wedding and tell them, this is what you have to get, have to get me something like this. That's not their job to buy you pots and pants, right? That's not my, I have nothing to do with your family. If I want to buy pots and pants, I'll buy you a gift. Weddings have been full of bid'ah, it costs me like two, three hundred bucks to go to a wedding these days. Yeah. I'm paying for valet parking. Bucks. I'm, I'm cutting a check. I, I tell my wife, I'll, I'll cut the check after I eat the food. I got to check it out first, right? <laughs> I, I always think about it like this, though. Every wedding I go to, I cut it 200 bucks. I know when I get married, yeah. I'll invite those people Yes, <laughs> you got a book. You got to have a book, right? I mean, I mean, first of all, it used to be 100 bucks, right? What the heck is 100 bucks these days? The inflation is terrible. I do 220. 220 now. Yeah, so you're above everyone else. And some people get cute, $223.42, right? They get cute with it. Um, this is takalluf on people, man. This is not right. This is totally not right. You know what a wedding is to us? This is how I would do a wedding. I would have the nikah, and then here in the masjid, I would announce after, hey everyone, tomorrow is my wedding, anyone is welcome to come, right? And of course, my friends and family, I would have told them in advance so they could book the date. We come, have the nikah, everyone comes for the eat food, bunch of lambs, five, six lambs, eat it up, right? Spend as long as time as you want there, Okay. And that's, I've publicized it, I've given the sadaqah, and I make sure to invite the poor. That night, or the next day, if the other family is really into these weddings, then a very small wedding, in a fancy place, with a bunch of money's burned, okay, just for the sake of this habit that people have, right? Like one seventy-five. do you ever see an American wedding? It's like 50 people there, Right? 35 people. I went to a wedding one time with my sister. She's, she's a doctor. She's a surgeon and, and went to one of her surgeon friend's weddings. I was like, oh, wow, surgeon's going to get married. This is going to be a big wedding. There were like 25 people there. Yeah. Do you people have friends? Okay. Like, what's wrong with you people? What is with you people, right? How do you guys live? Where are your friends? So then that second wedding would just be friends and a family, very close friends, and there we'll just we'll, we'll burn some money for the sake of it, right? And so that's how, I would, that's how a wedding should be. But this takalluf of sending you an invite, then having the nerve and the gall to send people a registry, and there's 
pots and forks and blenders and bed, bed sheets. I'm not buying your bed sheets, right? Now I'm getting into your intimate business here, right? I don't want to know anything about your master bedroom. Bid'a, oh, it's all bid'a, and they, they, they turn, by the way, Salafi is not wrong about everything. Probably 50% of the stuff they call a bid'a is actually a bid'a. But because they went overboard on it, we reject everything, right? We don't want to say anything is a bid'a, no. Stuff is all bid'a, okay? And it's, it's rude, it's takalluf, and, and it's absurd, okay? So we, we shouldn't do any of that stuff. Okay. Any other questions? We can go on for about weddings forever. Okay. Quadrillion pilot loves the registry. Well, unlove it. Put a registry for yourself, right? This is over the... So here, here's the registry. I'll tell you what the registry is in Sharia. I'm the husband. I got to set up this house. I don't know how to buy forks and pots. I have no interest, right? I'll set up the registry. Wife, mother-in-law, you can buy whatever you want, right? Or you set up the registry, and I'll buy it when I can. That's, That's how it should be. I've heard another thing, though. Which is what? No, open-ended mahr is not allowed. Sadaq must be a closed set number. It's not a fluctuating number. No, none of that. Mahar has to be a closed set number. Let's say, I'll tell you how to do it. Husband goes, buys a debit card, puts 10,000 bucks on the debit card. Right? Yeah. Go spend it. Spend it however you wish. Right? But there's a set number. That's your mahar. It's on the debit card. Okay? But that's not even, that's, that's not necessarily even the way it should be because what if she just wants to put cash in her pocket for later? She should be able to cash it out. If she agrees on the visa card, then you can give it to her. But her huck, she may agree, 10,000 bucks. What if I want to buy gold or cryptocurrency, whatever she wants to buy? She does not have to spend any of it on the jahaz. She doesn't have to spend a penny. She could say, husband, um, this apartment has no refrigerator, has no stove, you have to go buy it. The girl's dad. Dad, that's all, that's not right. If he wants to buy it, fine. If he's a rich guy. Bro, in Syria, the Syrian culture is the opposite. The man pays everything. Okay? The husband, in Egyptian culture, is almost 50 50. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our, our topic to, of today, which is the signs of the end of time. Okay? Yeah, Hamza Azizi, of course, the registry doesn't force anyone to buy anything. It's a way to save people from getting useless gifts. How is this a bid'ah? It, it, is, it is an innovation because you're basic, it's not polite, that's what it is. It's bad akhlaq to say to people, hey, buy me this. Or if you're gonna buy me a gift, buy me this. It's just not a good akhlaq. And if it becomes a habit that you gotta go to a wedding with, 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 and spend a whole bunch of money, that's takalluf on people. You're Bear, uh, putting a burden on their shoulder that they never asked for, they don't necessarily might want to not want to do. And secondly, the way they do the the um, they've made people sort of buy into it. You know how on some of these registries they'll have a website, and each each person it'll be like Venmo, a public Venmo. Hey, I got them this, I got them that, right? 
So now it's like, if I click on that and five of my friends bought something, I'm going to feel embarrassed not to be on the... They've social media, they've, they merged social media with the registry, essentially, right? So there's like a peer pressure to finish. Hey, guys, let's finish it off. Only three items to go, right? And then someone could, all right, I'll get two, you get one. Like that. They've, the peer pressure, that kind of peer pressure, the Sharia is sensitive to it. Okay. So for Hamza Azizi, that's the answer to that question. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Segment number two of our live stream today. The destructive trials about the end of times. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu related that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Woe to the Arabs from an evil that is indeed near. Waylun lil Arabi min sharrin qad iqtarab. See the prophetic speech has these Rhymes to it that are amazing. You can't forget it. Okay. Trials like slices of the dark night, meaning the night just gets darker and darker and darker. So likewise, the situation of the Muslims will get bleaker and bleaker and bleaker. A man wakes up a believer, he sleeps that night very casually, having made kufr in between. Okay? Okay. People will sell their religion for a paltry worldly sum. Okay? Like what? Approval from academics. Sells his deen. As a PhD student, on one day, sees, hey, everyone around is uh, denying Isra' al-Mi'raj. All right, I deny Isra' al-Mi'raj. Everyone around is now making fun of Hadith. All right, I'll make fun of Hadith. Selling your religion for a paltry sum. Politics. This new Scottish politician. Oh, uh, if I love gay marriage, I can get in on the, uh, and become a politician? Yes, deny, deny gay marriage. Reform Islam is a new thing. We got to call it what it is. This another religion, they're a heretical sect, there's indiqs to us, but that's what it is. They're not Muslims, right? These people who sell the religion for a paltry worldly sum, and then you get voted out in two years. Political career will be over in five years, but you sold an eternity for it. Unbelievable. At that time, says the hadith, Al Qabidu ala dinihi kal qabidi ala al jamr. Okay. The one who holds his deen, uh, is holding on to his religion, is like the one who's holding, not only holding a coal, grasping it hard. So, so this is like holding. I'm holding the phone. I could, you can actually hold a coal like this, right? And you could survive. But qabd is holding it tight. If you hold a, a, a coal tight, what's going to happen? It'll burn straight through your skin. And it'll burn through the bones and you won't have a hand left. I wish they put the Arabic in this. Okay. They only put the Quranic verses in Arabic. We're reading from the book of the end, Great Trials and Tribulations, which is essentially 
a, a, a volume from Al-Bidaya wa Nihaya, from Ibn Kathir. One of the best who, who gathered many a hadith. And in Al-Bidaya wa Nihaya, he's, he, he allows uh, for many grades of hadith. He doesn't restrict himself to the fully sound hadith. He allows everything in. Okay. Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say to Thawban, how will you be when the nations of the world will call each other upon you? Just like people are calling each other to a tray of food. Remember how the Arabs used to eat food? In the old days and even till today in parts of Yemen and Saudi when you go to these, uh, even the rich, okay? A big round tray with a lot of rice and the meat on top of it, okay? And then little tiny trays of pickles or sauce or whatever you want to put on it, dip. What they call in Arabic, idam. Idam is like the dip type of thing. Sauces, salts, things like that. So that people will call each other on the Muslim nation. This is colonization. What else is it? So the Mongols didn't do this. The Mongols were one nation. The Crusaders didn't do this. They were one nation. But the colonizers, they did this. And they cut up the Islamic world after World War I and divided up. Hey, France, you take this. England, you take that. Okay. Thoban asked, O Messenger of Allah, will that be because we are few in number? The Prophet ﷺ said, No. بَلْ أَنْتُمْ كَثِيرٌ وَلَكِنَّكُمْ كَغُثَاءِ السَّيْلِ You are many on that day, at that time, but you are like the froth of the sea. Useless. Okay. Why are we useless, O Messenger of Allah? The Prophet ﷺ said, Wahan will be cast into your heart. What is wahan? Wahan, of course, is weakness, right? Wahan is weakness. So when they said wahan, what they mean is here, or when they say what is wahan, they mean what is the source of the wahan? What is the cause of this weakness? Why are Muslims weak? This is, this is extremely important. Why is our iman weak? This is not just for the Muslims in general, for us individually. Why is our iman weak? Qala hubbu dunya wa karahiyatul mawt. The love of dunya and the hatred of death. Hatred of death here means the hatred of fighting. Which hatred of death? The hatred of death that causes you not to fight jihad. That's what it means. All right. It's not the hatred of death like I, I want to live so I can for, for any reason. No, it's the hatred of death to the point that you will not engage in battle to protect your own country. Like you won't even protect your own country. And if you want to protect your own country, you need to go on the offensive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's counterintuitive. Well, look at the Jews. They're small in numbers and great in power, right? Because they had Himma to make sure they never, no Hitler ever happens to them again. No Holocaust ever happens to them again. They got the result. They put in the work. Allah gave them the, re the result. Allah compensates. That doesn't mean you're going to have compensation in the Akhirah. But in the dunya, if you put in the work, Allah will compensate you. That's the fairness of Allah. That's called compensation, not reward. Reward is love, is with love. Compensation is not with love. When I pay a plumber, I don't love him. 
No, you just did your job. It's a transaction here. The Sykes-Picot agreement. That's correct. Uh, the Sykes-Picot agreement is where they divided up these Islamic countries. These borders are our enemy. We are enemy to these borders. We should not believe or, 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 or hope that these borders ever exist. We want to erase all the, from, from Mali to Sudan. All of Shem, Iraq, Persia, erase all these borders. Hey, we put borders for us, okay? Uh, borders for us, and then they took the borders down for Europe where it matters. NATO and the EU and all that. Okay. Hamza Azizi says, uh, there's a hadith in Majmu' al-Fatawa, about handheld black squares that will spread news at the end of days. Okay, like handheld black squares. Do you mean the black flags or what? Oh, really? Phones. Okay. So tell me, uh, Hamza Azizi, can you can you share that hadith? Big AJ, talk to me. What what's happening? Oh, we opened it a long time ago. Every Wednesday, you should go for for din for for dinner, six o'clock. Yep. Yeah. For living? Nah, no, we don't have rooms for rental. Nah, no, we don't have that, unfortunately. Nah. Mm, no, nothing that I know. Of. But if I find someone, I'll let you know. Okay, I'll th I'll look around for him. Good man, how are you? How's your, how's how's the barbershop? Alhamdulillah. Allah's merciful. No. Oh. oh, okay. Alhamdulillah, I'm I'm glad to hear that, man. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, we get it. Okay, I'll 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 talk to you after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I got you. I'll, I'll look for something for him. Okay, inshallah. All right. Walaikum shabbatullah. Amr ibn Wabisa al-SD related that his father said, as I was within my home in Kufa, I heard assalamu alaikum at the door. And I said, alaikum assalam. The visitor entered, and when he came in, I saw that it was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. I said, Ya Aba Abdul Rahman, what time is this to visit? Okay. The time was high noon. Middle of the day is not the time people visit. It's time people seek refuge from the heat of the sun. He said, the day is long for me, and I remembered one to whom I can speak. He began to relate to me, from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, there will be a trial wherein the one who is sleeping during it is better than the one who is lying down. And the one who is lying down is better than the one who is sitting. And the one who is sitting is better than the one standing. And the one who is standing is better than the one walking. And the one walking is better than the one riding. And the one riding is better than one who is going forth quickly to seek it out. All of those killed during it are in the hellfire. So that is a civil war amongst the Muslims. 
Abdullah bin Mas'ud asked, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa when is that? He said the days of much killing, when a man will not be safe from the companions that he sits with. In other words, there will be spies amongst the people. Okay? People will turn on each other. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and what do, or radiallahu anhu, Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, what do you order us to do if we are in that time? The Prophet sallallahu said, restrain yourself and your hand and enter your homes. Sometimes, honestly, you feel that way with the argumentation that is verbal. I know that Egypt, all Egyptians are split between pro-Sisi, anti-Sisi. There's no middle. You're either Sisi or you're Ikhwan. And that's absurd. You can be neither, right? All of uh, Pakistan, you're Pakistani, right, Omar? Is split. You're either well, also Imran Khan or against Imran Khan. Politically, you're either Imran Khan or you're against Imran Khan. Okay. Every nation you go to, they try to make this split happen. Okay. Restrain yourself. And this is, the Prophet's talking about physical. It will get physical. Now, if you want to practice that, then when it's merely verbal, we should also be able to, to restrain ourselves. So he said, O Messenger of Allah, suppose a man enters upon me in my home. The Prophet said, lock the door of your house. He said, suppose he, he breaks down the lock. The Prophet said, enter the place of prayer and do this. And then he closed his right hand on his wrists and say, my Lord is Allah until you die upon that. Rabbi Allah. Okay. He closed his right hand on his wrist like this. Rabbi Allah. Sit like this. Rabbi Allah. And then you do not kill another Muslim. Okay. So this must be the time of major, major fitan. Okay. Major fitan. And so I believe that this is in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed. If you ask me, we, have, we should actually practice this amongst the Muslims too. Present your evidence and that's it. Okay? Present your evidence when you want. It, it's, you have to present your evidence. You cannot um, just be, there's no kumbaya when it comes to certain barriers of the sunnah. You just present your evidence. But for us to engage in heated, hateful debates within the, our ummah, it's going to hurt our, hurt our hearts. And probably, I believe it would also make us less beloved to the Messenger wasallam. He would not want his ummah doing this. Even if you're on the haq and the person is like, okay, they're within Ahlul Sunnah or trying to be in Ahlul Sunnah, you just present your evidences and that's it. Okay? You can present them back and forth, that's fine. But make sure your heart does not get into this hateful attitude towards other Muslims who are um, essentially being from Ahlul Sunnah or trying to be from Ahlul Sunnah and trying to be pious. Amr ibn Wabisa related from his father, from Abdullah bin Mas'ud, who said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, okay, all of those killed in such a fitna are in the fire. That means both sides. Both sides of the fitna. They're in Jahannam. That happens. You can have two sides, Muslims, and they're in the fire. Meaning that they're guilty. Neither of them should be supported. Wabisa asked, when is that, O, Abdul, o Ibn Mas'ud? He said, 
The days in which there will be much killing, a man is not even safe from his own companions. Your companions are the people you sit with regularly. Okay? A companion is different from a friend. A companion is just somebody you sit with regularly. When you come to Aisha, or you come to any regular gathering of it in a public place, those are your companions, these people you spend your life with. doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're friends with them. What do you order me to do if I reach that time? Ibn Mas'ud said, restrain your tongue on your hand. Okay? And be as if you are a fixture in your house. Meaning, a fixture in the house is just like you're, 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 you're always there. You're like a lamp in the house. Or you're just like a table in the house. You're always in the house. Okay? And when Uthman was killed, my heart flared up in agitation. So I rode until I reached Damascus, where I met Hedhiyam. Uh, Ibn Fatik al Asdi, and I swore by and he swore by Allah, none has the right to be worshipped but he, that he heard it from the Messenger of Allah. So when the fitna of Uthman came, the Sahaba had never seen the community divided. The Tabi'een either. The elder Tabi'een. They they ran, they left it. Abdullah bin Umar sat down. He refused to take a position. Uh, or he refused to take action. You can't say he refused to take a position because it's known the killers of Uthman are guilty but he refused to put himself in it. Likewise, when Yazid came out, Abdullah bin Omar knew uh, that Yazid was in the wrong, but he refused to be part of this. So we got to be careful when these trials happen. The simple rule is, if there's a trial amongst the Muslims, the pious practicing Muslim, trying to be from Ahl-Sunnah, present your evidence, and then step out. Tap out of the whole thing. I heard one sign is that uh, someone said the hardest people to debate are liberal seculars. Present your evidence and that's it. First, you can't even debate them. They don't accept hadith. Abu Bakr related from his father who related from the Messenger Indeed, there will be a tribulation. The one who is lying down is better than one seated. The one seated is better than one standing. Standing is better than walking. Walking is better than running. O Messenger of Allah, what should we do? If you have camels, right, herd your camels. If you have sheep, Go herd your sheep. In other words, mind your own business. Go do your job. You do your job and go home, right? If you have land, go tend to your land. If you don't have any of that, okay, take your sword and break it. In other words, just don't be involved in fitan amongst the Muslims. Why? One of the worst things about fitan amongst Muslims is people will lose their iman. Their iman breaks. When the violence and the, and the conflict reach a, reaches a crescendo and you spend two, three, four, five years in this, what ends up happening is such bad things happen, people literally lose their iman. Okay? And that's why Iblis loves fitan amongst Muslims. He loves to see fitan amongst Muslims. So take a, a pious believer gets involved in a fitna, it gets so nasty, at the end of it, he's like, Islam is, is bitter to me. It's just fighting, 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 arguing, arguing. I don't want to have anything to do with Islam. So that's why we avoid fitan at all costs. Sayyidina Uthman uh, prays, he did not combine the prayers in Hajj at Arafah. He said, I have a home here. Okay? Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, the messenger combined his prayer here. He said, that's because the messenger did not have a home here. I have a home here. I'm not a traveler. So they differed on the illa, the purpose of why the Prophet combined his prayers. The, the, the back and forth got heated. Okay? 
after Sayyidina Uthman prayed Dhuhr, four rak'ahs, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud was witness praying with him, salamed out, and did not pray Asr. When he came back for Asr on that day, some of his companions, his students, his disciples, his murids from the tabi'een, they said, yeah, it's as if saying to their sheikh, hey sheikh, what's going on, right? He said, yeah, Ibn Mas'ud, we were like, we're with you. Why are you praying behind Uthman like this? He said, Al-Khilafu Sharr. Difference amongst us is bad. He's the Amir. I have a different opinion. He has a different opinion. This is a Dhanni matter, not a Qat'i matter. Okay? Opinion is allowed. Let's go with the Jama'ah. It's Dhanni, right? It's not Qat'i. Of course, the Sahabi is not going to commit a Qat'i error, right? An error on a Qat'i matter. This is Dhanni. So, extreme, be extremely perceptive on if you when you're getting dragged into inter-Muslim fitan okay notice if the jihad is valid it increases your iman and if the fight is fitna it decreases your iman okay is silence sometimes equivalent of concession or agreement that's a good question is it or isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for the Muslims, for the regular people, it is not a sign of agreement. Only for the Prophet, it is always a sign of agreement. For the Muslim, it is not. That doesn't mean it's always praiseworthy. I personally believe on mat- when qat'i matters, qat'i, no discussion matters, are being blurred or violated. Every one of us who knows the answer to this, and we all should because it's qat'i, explicit in the religion, should make the statement at least once. If we all say that something, at least once, there will be enough voices to clarify for people who are onlookers. If, if someone puts out, let's say, let's just take a practical example, someone tweets that Isra Mi'raj was a dream. If every single person just puts one post, of why it was not a dream. What's the proof? Just it. That's it. Once. That's it. There will be such a large number of responses. The onlooker, who's actually ignorant, will really know the truth. Okay. Now, the response should be, you're just a liberal jahil. That's useless. It may be the sentiment we all have in our heart, but it's useless. Some sentiments don't need to come out, right? It's useless and it's bad persuasion because the people say, oh, look at these people just making fun of him. Poor guy's getting made fun of. Some people might think. Just to give you an example, by the way, ar-ru'ya, because they say, وَمَا جَعَلْنَا ru'ya." Right? That Sheikh Harun gave that proof in the khutbah. The word ru'ya with an alif is known to mean a dream and that's why people say, oh, Quran says it's a ru'ya. No, ru'ya does not mean dream. Ru'ya means a vision at night, whether with your eyes or with your heart. It's a night vision. A night vision can also be with your eyes. So if I walk outside of my house at 10 p.m. and I see a fox with my eyes, that's a ru'ya. But it just happens to be that most of the time, the night visions are dreams. So it became synonymous with dream. But it's not a ru'ya 
with an alif is not a dream. It's not restricted to, to a dream. It's anything that you see at night. Okay. That was very useful proof given from Sheikh Harun. A brother is saying, what uh, element are we on in the live stream? We are on segment number two. And if you like this podcast and this live stream, which I, th- I think all, all of you do, go to patreon.com and support it even with $1, $2, whatever you like to support the live stream. It will go to us bringing in more guests, improving our technology, etc., etc. Huh? Yeah. Should we create a registry? <laughs> a registry. Yeah. No, we, we only accept the highest grade of construction, construction workers. Highest grade of technology. What is the highest grade of technology these days for cameras? Sony? So um, this segment of Safina Society is for the public, and it will be supported by the public. That's how, that's how it works, as you wish, as you wish to support it. Okay. So it is a call there with no haraj. That's the difference between this and the wedding registry. Wedding registry is haraj. Because you know who bought what. No, no haraj here. Okay, no haraj. Haraj means embarrassing the person into spending their money. Or into doing anything. Hussein ibn Abdul Rahman al-Ashja'i related that he heard Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas say, O Messenger of Allah, suppose an arm, one ent- a person enters my home a Muslim enters my home and tries to kill me. In this time of fitna, what should I do? He said, be like the son of Adam and say, okay. Any vowel before Hamza is four beats. Okay, four beats. Inni akhafullah. Four beats. A beat is like this with your finger. Okay. So if you stretch your hand against me to kill me, I will not stretch my hand to kill you. I fear Allah. Okay. Civil war with Muslims, you run the other way. Move out of the country. Leave. It was an obligation on Sayyidina Ali to engage in this civil war. It was an obligation on all the people in his army to be part of that civil war. And he was correct and rewarded for it. Okay. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Ammar ibn Yasir taqtuluhu al-fi'atul baghiyah The, uh, uh, the uh, rebellious army will kill him What rebellious army? Rebellious, not kafir Therefore, the rebellious army are Muslims And they are the Syrians Who rebelled against Sayyidina Ali Over uh, a, a judgment on, on worldly matters Okay, so they're Muslims, they're from Ahl Sunnah, but they're rebelling against their leader on a mistake, on a false, an incorrect judgment. Sahaba can make mistakes. There were Sahaba amongst them. They made a wrong judgment. So they're in the category of rebels. Sayyidina Ali's obligated to fight them. But if you're not in the army and no one called you in the fight and you're far away, stay out of it. If Allah blessed you to be away from it, stay out of it. Try as much as you can to stay away from the fitan amongst Muslims. I'm telling you, some people, they think they confuse this matter and they wage war against other Muslims thinking that they're defending al-haq. You're actually going to cause yourself a fitna in iman. Guarantee you that. 
This was the situation during the trial of Sayyidina Uthman. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, he said, the Prophet said, there will be a fitna, the sitting is better than the standing. Standing better than the walking. Walking better than the running. Okay? And I am staying out of it. If someone enters my house and tries to kill me, I will be like the son of Adam and say, if you extend your hand to kill me, I will not extend my hand to kill you, I fear Allah. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas stayed out of it. Okay? Sometimes you have to be in it for a reason. And if you're, but if you're not, don't make yourself be in it. Don't put yourself in it. Time check. It's 2.50. Open QA. Bismillah. Tafaddalu. On the open QA. What level of for action is required or necessary for qadha prayers? For qadha prayer? You gave two options. A. Get them done ASAP. B. Take your time and unsee each surah with the proper tatweed as you are in front of your Lord. You, uh, qadha prayers, you you treat it exactly as uh, any other prayer. The the qadha prayer, you treat it with the khushua, just like it's a regular prayer, yeah, or just like it's an adat prayer. There's no difference. Yeah, but khushua is something that is not measurable. Therefore, the salah will be valid. But how much of it you get rewarded for is depends on the uh, the the khushua. The validity is, is is dependent upon objective measurables. Taharatul hadath, taharatul khabath, okay, satrul awra, tijahul qibla, okay, and then the fara'id salah, sunan mu'akkada, etc. So there's validity of prayer is upon objective measurables. The um, reward of the prayer is upon the khushua. Okay, is dua with tasawwuf? Tawassul, you mean? Tawassul. Dua with tawassul, yes. Is always better, yes. Dua with tawassul, it's in Sahih Muslim. The people of the cave, they made tawassul and, and, and it benefited them and there's a reason the Prophet taught us that hadith or he taught us that story so that we should make tawassul when we make dua. You need something to make tawassul with, right? So if you see some chance to do a good deed, you should say to yourself, all right, this is something where I could put this in the bag and I could pull it out when I need to, right? When I need to make tawassul. And the way in which you do tawassul is say, oh Allah, I did X, Y, and Z. If I did it solely for your sake, then grant me what I'm asking, right? It's a beautiful thing. Allah gave you the tawfiq of the deed and then he allows you to now trade it in for something else that you want. Okay? It's like telling your child, go into that drawer, there's $5. Then you could use that $5 to buy this piece of candy from me. right? And it's all from Allah at the end of the day. Language of Friday khutbah. Difference of opinion from the scholars. Hanafis and Madikis actually require the khutbah to be in Arabic. I think there's a weaker opinion in the Maliki school that it can be in another language. I remember Sheikh Hamza quoting but I can't remember what he quoted from, but that is the weak opinion uh, uh, regarding that. I don't think the Shafi'iyah require it to be in Arabic. How do you deal with people who do sihr? In Sharia, they would be killed, executed. If the sihr is, contains kufr, if it's black magic that contains kufr, if it's white magic, 
which is also haram. It's a kabira from the kabair. It's just lashes. Okay. Will Imam Mahdi fight the seculars and the Wahhabis and the Shia? I person. Well, we let me let me put it this way because I can't speak of the ghaib that we don't know. What we do know, we say exactly what the Prophet said. His first battle will be the, the Arabs. He will fight the Arabs first. Who will be the Arabs be at that time? Allah knows best. Okay. Then next fight will be the Syrians. Then he will go to the Persians. Then he will take that army and go to Constantinople. He will have unified all these people. Okay. And from further back, the people from Khurasan will join him willingly. Okay. Then they will go to Constantinople, and the people in Constantinople, i.e., Istanbul. Okay, Istanbul is the other Greek word for for the the big city. Okay, Constantinople. They will hear the takbirat, and their hearts will soften, and they will join his army willingly. There'll be no fight. Then you have Khurasan, Arabia, Syria. Iraq, Persia, Iran, Turkey. And some people say that Egypt follows Shem in this. Egypt's not mentioned in this at all. Right? No, Egyptians get like, like, wait, wait, where are we? So you know what the Egyptians said? They said, we're with Shem. Right? <laughs> Since when is Egypt Shem? Right? But they say that we will be following Shem at that point. They, because Sinai is the hook between Egypt and, and Shem. All right, if you want to think that, fine. But you're not mentioned. Okay? <laughs> the Egyptians, they cannot imagine. How are we not mentioned? Because Egypt is Umm dunya we had Azhar, and people think this is the capital of the Islamic world. And it was for a while the capital of the Islamic world. So much so that some, if, you, if you lived in Egypt, the amount of n n uh, noble scholars, that, amazing scholarship that came out of Egypt, the centrality of Al-Azhar, I probably can imagine that a regular Egyptian thought would think that Shafi was Egyptian, Bukhari was Egyptian. Shafi's buried there, right? Hussein's head is there, right? Uh, that Bukhari was Egyptian. All these scholars are all Egyptian. That's what probably what you imagine from the centrality of Al-Azhar, the greatness that it had. But Egypt is not mentioned in Akhir zaman at all. And so these six countries, what are they going to do? These, this, uh, this union, they will march on Rome and they will take Rome by force. And they will start scooping up the gold. Now, once Dajjal sees, oh my gosh, the Muslims are in Europe now. My home. All my support comes from them, right? Of course, he doesn't. his support may come from them, but he's from the Yahud. Dajjal is from the Yahud. Then Iblis, getting nervous now, he will call an audible. And he will have a rumor go out that Dajjal is out. So leave. So the Muslims will stop their advance upon Europe. They will stop. They will all go back to protect their homes. But they will realize it was a false call. False flag. No Dajjal. So the advancement on Europe will come to an end. At Rome. And then after people settle down and realize it was a false call, no Dajjal, then while they least expect it, then, then Dajjal will come out. This is what the Prophet said, Right? How, we, how it will happen, what will happen, what will be the groups, Allahu A'lam, and what is our business except to transmit what the Prophet said, and what is the Imam Mahdi going to come with? Sharia. We already have the Sharia, so we can practice it. Right? Imam Mahdi is not coming with anything different. 
Is it true that Allah and His angels pray for the one who does suhoor in Ramadan? Uh, yeah, it's it's great reward. Yani. I don't know about if the if you salun, yeah, you salun. You mean like um, like the Prophet ﷺ says makes a du'a to Allah. وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ uh, Sorry, the Allah commands the Prophet ﷺ وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ Meaning, pray for them. So, Allah okay. But, of course, it's, it is an excellent uh, deed to do. There's no doubt about that. I hope people fast as much as you can in Shaban. Just get your body used to fasting. Get your head used to it. Get your, your hydration level used to fasting. When making du'a for family or loved ones to be guided, I always think about Sayyidina Nuh. He didn't succeed with his son, Abu Talib, never became Muslim. And Allah says, Whoever Allah opens his heart to Islam will be on a light in his Lord. All right. Um, this is a question from Ali. I would say, Brother Ali, don't think of the negative. Right? Why put in your mind uh, why put in your mind that uh, the negative when you're trying to do something? Put in your mind the positive. Okay. Niqabi M says, is it bid'ah to write no gifts or no boxes? I guess that means no gifts, right? No box gifts. So just uh, the, I would think that that's rude too. No boxes, only cash. No. We got to end this thing. This expectation that I'm going to come in with cash. If I want to bring cash, let me bring cash, right? In but marriage, that's like the least of the expectations, right? Like the expectation is all... Oh, yeah. That's actually too. That I'm telling you, people, but then they want the gifts to pay off the, the hall, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm paying to go watch you get... to, get to, to the, I'm paying to, to, to make you have a, a wedding? No. I uh, So I'm really against all this stuff. And we really need to bring down um, the, the, the wedding methods of... I, I like the method that I brought up, right, so far. Okay, which is just the open hall, a bunch of lambs, come in however you want, bring the fuqara, especially invite the, the people who need the money. Get some munshids. All right, Aisha, Maghrib, whatever, prayer, everyone leaves. Okay? The bride and groom can leave when they want, and the people could stay as long as they want, eating food, singing some qasidas, making dua, talking amongst themselves. Okay, then if we want to and we have to, we we'll have this extra special thingy in a small space, like a twenty-five people or something, or thirty people. What should i'tikaf be like in Ramadan? Says Khadija Asif. I'tikaf firstly is any amount of time that you go in from before Maghrib to after Maghrib. One full day, like that. But, according to the Shafi'iyah, any time that you can spend in the masjid is like i'tikaf, if you intend i'tikaf. But the sunnah i'tikaf is the last 10 days. That is the pure sunnah of the Sahaba, that's how they did i'tikaf. And Malik liked the method that what the Sahaba did, you do. Don't add it, don't decrease. In ibadat. Okay. Ahmed W. says, I was having a bad day, very spiritually down, and depressed. No, don't do this. Don't be depressed. During the middle of it, so I got up and said, let me do 50 salawat. I swear by Allah, I felt the burden lift off me and the rest of the day was great. I told you that's what salawat does. Right? 
That's what salawat does. Okay. Is salat al-duha the same as ishraq, says Ibrahim? Uh, it's more like this. If you pray ishraq, you have prayed duha. But if you missed ishraq, you can still pray duha later on. Like let's say you slept and you woke up an hour before dhuhr. Anytime that you wake up before dhuhr, you can pray duha. But ishraq is duha, takes the place of duha. When's the next Umrah trip? Says what? What? Um, that's his name. What? What? It's next winter, end of December, last week of December. You can just go. We we are confirmed, Alhamdulillah, for that trip. But the registration is probably not going to be open to the public. You can get your own registration and meet us there, and we'll put you on the WhatsApp group so you can meet us and do all the activities with us. The only thing is that we won't be responsible for your bookings. So um, we'll put that those dates out there, but it's only the only delay is that that the hotel prices come out later on. So the group we're going with, they they don't know the prices yet, the details yet, which hotel, which flight, but the dates are set, which is the last week of December. What's the advice for someone who procrastinates? There's so much on your plate, and you start crashing and end up procrastinating everything. Here's um, my advice on this. Here's my advice on this. Don't think too much and just start somewhere. Here's my advice on writing. If you need to write an essay or a paragraph, write whatever's on your mind. Don't try to write the first sentence. It doesn't work that way. The human mind doesn't work that way. Write whatever you're writing. Keep writing whatever you're writing. Then you can sew sew it all up later and edit it all up later. That's my advice on people who get writer's block is because they're trying to write the first sentence. You don't need to write from the, from the, from the beginning. Write from anywhere. Right? Sometimes you write the end first. Whatever it is that you know, put it down. Then you could figure it later. Isn't Rome a room America now? Allah alam. But I think room is Rome and Allah knows best. Okay, Allah knows best what the Prophet meant by room. Did he mean the West in general? Allahu Alam. Stop expecting gifts as quadrivium pilot and trying and, and, and asking for them. I agree. Don't expect gifts from people and don't find a subtle way to ask for it, such as no boxes, please. What does that mean? Money only. No, it, uh, I, I wouldn't agree with that. If my kids wanted to do that in a wedding, I would say no, right? Can you briefly explain how Qadr and free will, if Allah already knows what we're doing? Okay, that's a big subject, but knowledge of Allah's, the summary of it is this, Allah's knowledge does not force you to do anything. You have enough free will to be legally uh, responsible. Did anyone force you to write the question? No. We have enough free will to be legally responsible. Allah's will has no, is not forcing us to do... Allah's knowledge is not forcing us to do anything. Can someone get intended for marriage if the actual marriage date is far out? Yes. It's called engagement. And the phrase, I intend to marry you, is not a marriage contract. Right? The, 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 the jawab and qabul, or the ijab and qabul, is in the past tense. 
I have married you to myself. If a man says to a woman, I have married you to myself, and she says, I have accepted, that's, you're married. You don't even need a third person to do it. And people don't know that. People think, oh, we have to get the sheikh. No. If a man says to a woman, I have married you to myself, and she says, I have accepted your marriage, right? Or I have accepted. That's it. That's it. You're married. You cannot consummate the marriage until there are witnesses. All right. You are sinful, and it may be invalid even, in the Shafi'i and Maliki schools if the wali is not there. Because marriage in the Shafi'i and Maliki schools, and the Hanbali, I believe too, it's between the man and the wali of the woman. Okay? Before marriage. Uh, bef if she's never been married before. If she was married before, okay, then it's her decision. But she still needs a wali, but his decision is not, his approval is not necessary. If she's been married, she knows, she knows the world of men, okay? How to deal with men. In the Madiki school, the contract is valid without witnesses, but the consummation is not allowed until there's ishhar. What is ishhar? After asr? Five, there's ten, ten people at asr, right? Maybe let's say, not more, more than that. Ishhar. Let's say like 30 people at Aisha. Yeah, if you come to MBIC for Aisha, and you say, hey everyone, me and her are now married. That's it. That's Ishhar. Because you can't, Ishhar is that the news is out in such a way you can't bottle it up anymore. Like if I said, yeah, you like someone, someone does a Madiki, they do a secret marriage in New York, in yeah, and then they come to MBIC and tell Mustafa that he married. No, it's got to be in a way that it can't be bottled up, the news can't be bottled up. Like, people know who I am, people know who she is, we all know each other, and there's like 50 community members praying Aisha. They can't be bottled up. That's the idea. Ishhar. It's not a secret. It can't, I can't say, oh, shoot, everyone, keep it a secret. It's not going to work. That's the idea of Ishhar. I can't go to marry a girl, go to a random mosque, and say, me and her are married. They don't even know who you are. Nomads? What do you mean? So I'm in the street, I'm, I'm traveling on my camel, and she's traveling on my camel, I say, wow, look at her, right? And I want to marry her. That's what you're talking about. So we got to go to the next village. I am, I am so-and-so, she is so-and-so, right? We are married, okay? Testify that we're married. That's the best you can do. That's what you do, right? But if the intent is to do that in such a way because those villagers will never know who we are and we can continue our scam, that's haram. Right? That will be haram. Anza Jama'a says, How do you know if you failed a trial, if you are getting further from Allah because of the trial, then you failed. But if you're patient and drawing near to Allah by this, you're succeeding. Um, HBaz3, I have sad news for you, some of you at least. Um, I probably will not be doing the morning after Fajr, after Fajr, uh, Khatiras after Ramadan. They were just extremely exhausting. Because. Like 
Yeah, that I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. If we could do that, that I don't mind, right? If we could rotate it. But it was like you're up, and then you got to get the kids up for suhoor, and we stop eating at 18, wait to pray at 15 degrees. That's how I do it. I stop eating at 18. I do imsak before that, right? 10 minutes before the 18 degree fudge. Stop eat. Then, But I don't pray until 15 degrees. I don't pray right as soon as 15 degrees. I wait another 10 minutes for that. That's like 30 minutes of waiting right there, right? Then pray fudge. Then hop on the live stream. By the time I'm done, it's 7 in the morning or something. And I was just in the masjid all night until 12, midnight. It, it really messes up your head. So it really messed up my head. Like you, you, you have no... It's almost like imagine doing all-nighters every single night for a month and only sleeping two, three hours. Uh, it, your, your head will burst after a while. And the last ten nights, there's no sleep at all. Uh, Ghid, advice to those of us finding it hard to stay patient while waiting to meet the right person for marriage. Very tough situation. Very frustrating for people. It's extremely frustrating. I don't, I don't know what to say. Because the thing is that... The thing is that the, the marriage, it's not like it's ever going to happen uh, within a month, right? Like, from when you meet someone to when you're actually married to them and happy in life, at least going to be like nine months. I would think that someone's weird if they marry... If they find someone and are married within a month, no. Married within two months. By the way, where is that sister that was here? Remember that sister from Seattle? That convert yeah, who... That was Instagram. Yeah. That was Instagram, okay. So I... I um, I don't have much advice. Just keep trying. Have Keep your head up. Keep having beliefs. Belief. The power of persistence. Knock on every door, Right? Have your friends knock on doors, right? And make yourself right with Allah. That's the thing. Make, don't avoid the haram. Don't be doing anything haram. How could you want to be doing something haram uh, and asking Allah Ta'ala for help? All right. Is it halal to work for IT at a police station? Yes, it is halal. Is receiving aid from reciting salawat continuously from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala or the Prophet Of course everything is from Allah But the, the means is the salah on the Prophet If um, How will we know the details Of the uh, The details Of the Umrah trip We will publish the details okay. It's early yeah it's early. That, That's why they're not even getting back to us the, We have the deal is there But uh, yeah it's going to be a while Okay did you get my email about this guest? Yes, I'm going to try to look at who this guest is that you're saying. Reed sent a, can you check that? Uh, she sent about a guy, a brother who is a good da'ya that we can have on the stream. Okay. Marriage, virtual marriage, is it permitted? I believe that um, virtual marriage is, it is valid if, we're talking about just validity, not is it a smart idea. It's valid if the identity of the person 
is established and confirmed. That's why. So you don't suffer from some identity. I've been a virtual witness. You've been a virtual witness, yeah. The, the key is... Yeah. The key is to, to the, the identity of the person. All right. Can you keep a second marriage secret? No, you cannot. You need, there's no such thing. Even the two witnesses, that's not what we're looking for. Ishhar is what we're looking for. Such publicity that it can never be, you publicize it in such a way, you can't put it back in the bottle. What if someone got married secretly without their parents knowing? It's valid. I think that if it, but if it's the girl and she needs a wali, uh, then, um, okay. Say it again, right? Imam Omar has a rule. Who's that? This is the possession. Oh, yes, yes, him. So see, see what he's all about. You got to be above board with this marriage stuff. Anything that has to do with money and sexuality, you need to be above board with it. If you're trying to keep it secret, there's a problem. Right? It's just a problem. Okay. Is it true that the one who does hijama on Wednesday or Saturday will get leprosy? No, of course not. No. Can you negotiate a halal wedding for me when it's time, inshallah? Says Chief Latif. Just show him my clips. That's it. <laughs> Is there a dua to help to bring the person who feels they have failed the trial back and closer to Allah again? I believe that um, Tawbah. That's very simple with Allah. It's very easy to deal with Allah. Make Tawbah. Say, okay, oh Allah, at the, up to this point, I failed. I'm going to change myself now. Okay. Esradi, how do you try as a woman? You ask your wali. You ask your male relatives. You ask your, sis, your friends, uh, brothers. You keep knocking on the door, say, can you find me someone? Keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. But you also got to get yourself right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Avoid sins. Okay. Is it appropriate to ask a Fiend Society member for marriage? I, I believe that the appropriate way is to contact the middleman who knows who, who, who knows both parties and say, could you check up if so-and-so is available for marriage? Okay. And then that middle person should help out, do you a favor, contact that person. Are you here ready for marriage? Give me a Word document or a Google Doc with your face, your biography, etc., and we send it to that other person. That other person says yes or no. Okay. How do we understand the reward that uh, the individuals at the end of time will receive 50 times the reward of the Sahaba is because they, the challenges they face and the distance from the Prophet is so great that their efforts are greater to have Iman. Whereas the Prophet said, why, why, even though the Sahaba are greater, that why wouldn't you believe? You have a prophet walking amongst you. Like, that's not that hard at that point, right? Of course, what they did is harder. 
But to believe itself is harder later on than it is now. Yes, our pa- uh, the path to self-destruction is so easy. In the time of the Prophet wasallam, you had the Prophet to guide you. You don't have that guide. It's so easy to be confused these days. Uh, can I list books from the Sunni tradition that has hadith from Sayyidina Ali? Of course, 100%. We need Ramadan prep, yes. Does tawassul have to be of deeds or actions? It's deeds, it's actions, and it's feelings. Feelings are actions. Feelings are actions. But actions, I believe, are stronger. But feelings are also actions. Yeah, where is it? It's called critical du'a with tawassul and tawheed. Good, good. Troubadour is saying du'a in tawheed. I'm telling you this. This is a formula with Allah Ta'ala. If you are sincerely and you, are, you have got rid of your sins and you do your obligations and you try to remember Allah as much as you can, it's not that hard. Then you try to get the times that du'a is accepted. Especially tahajjud. Especially Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr. Especially Thursday night. Especially Friday between Asr and Maghrib. It's not going to be two, three months except your du'a will be answered. That's what I believe. Especially if you're helping other people. Uh, what's the, I can't remember the first part. That's it. Allah is always helping you as long as you're helping others. The key is to be helpful to others. If you're helpful to others and you're avoiding sins and you're remembering Allah as much as you can and you're hitting the times of ijabah, I don't see how you're not going to be answered in three months of that. Two, three months of that. I don't see how. Two to three months. But you got to be helping others. You got extra money, go find someone to give it to. Not a website. Because a website doesn't affect a person. Right? But when you actually buy food for someone and you see them smiling and happy, that, it's a big difference. It's a huge difference you can't imagine. Okay? Go and buy some food. Right? Drive around to the poor area, look for people, and hand them the food, and see the happiness on their face. Your du'a will be accepted. But I'm also telling you, you want to nullify this whole thing? You want to pour water on the... F- you want to pour sand on the cake? Sins. Brothers with the gays, sisters may have their own types of sins. Don't go there. Okay. Fight sins like... You have to imagine yourself, what's the price? Why are you committing sins? Because you want to be happy, right? There's no one who commits sins except the sin makes him feel good. So, what's the price? What is the price that I'm going to cut you a check? You put whatever you want on this blank piece of paper that will be worth it for you to leave off this sin. I will lower my gaze. I will stop smoking. I will stop. I will do this, do that. Okay? If I can get this. Put it on a piece of paper. That's how you motivate yourself. Okay? That's how you, that's how you get yourself going. Would it be tahajjud if I sleep after Maghrib and wake up the last third of Aisha? No, that's makru. Sleep after Aisha, then get up anytime before Fajr. Okay? 
Can you use good deeds you did prior to Islam for tawassul? Yes. You can retro say, Oh Allah, I did those deeds. Now you have to ask yourself, did you do them for the sake of the good or did you do them for some other sake? Right? If you said, you, I did them for the sake of the good, all right, you say, Oh Allah, that's what I knew at the time. And you ask Allah to accept it for you. Be- becoming Muslim is the best deed you did. Submitting yourself to Allah is the best deed you did. How do you lower your gaze? I'm telling you, don't think about lowering the gaze. Think about the reward of lowering the gaze. Keep your eye on the reward. There, everyone has a cost. Every single person will, will sacrifice something for a cost. Why do, you lo- why do you look at people from the first place? Because you enjoy it. So why don't you ask Allah to give you something halal? And that's, the, that's, that's my price. If Allah gives me someone like this, like that, I would wor- it would be worth lowering the gaze and give me the whole list, then keep focused on the reward. That's called targhib. That's what targhib is called. And most people, they don't have targhib. Targhib doesn't work for many people. Fear of the fire just doesn't work for many people. Right? Alcoholics, heroin addicts, they know, forget the fire, right away their life is going to get messed up. Immediately. And they still, it doesn't stop them. If you're one of those types, then targhib which means dangling a reward in front of you. Because people who are, who are alcoholics, they, they know how bad it is going to be tomorrow morning. They still do it. Because they want to feel good. They're craving something. So, use the carrot. I remember in the book of Sisters too, that he took Muraqabah, he gives the four levels, right? Like, yeah. As if a pious person is watching. Right? Like, four levels? Yeah, like pious person watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So one of the least things, and this is also the measure. What Ryan just said is the measure also of um, if you have a judgment call. If something within the halal, but it's a judgment call, how do you make the judgment call? If the sheikh was here, if the most pious friend that you have was here, would you do it? Right. If the uncle from the masjid that is pious to you in your eyes was here would you do it so that's one of the most base that's why the best thing is is good company because good company is not if the sheikh was here if the pious person the pious person are here and i t- i said many times there was a sheikh in india who did a wonderful thing the first month of every weekend he invited all the murids to his house and they had programming and sometimes they just did nothing but at least they were in each other's company and he said when you're all here I know for sure, for this weekend, you're not committing sins. For 72 hours, you're not committing sins. From Friday, right? After Jummah, they all had to come to his house. Half of Friday, all of Saturday, all of Sunday. They leave Sunday night to go to school again Monday. So two and a half days. For two and a half days, I know you're not committing sins, right? So if you did have an addiction, hopefully that two days a month will break that addiction. We have to stop here. We're in the masjid and the adhan has gone off. Brothers and sisters, Jazakum Allah khairan, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu s-salihat wa tawasaw bil-haqq wa